John, obviously Dominic Calvert-Lewin posted on social media, bring on Saturday. So will he be in the squad this weekend? It was certainly in the thinking, without a doubt. Um, the game the other day was all about him, really. Um, you know, got some other minutes into players, but it was basically for the end of a rehab period. Um, so we're very pleased that he came through that and he felt good. Does it also come into the thinking, his last two goals have actually come against Crystal Palace, the 3-0 earlier this season, the winner against Palace that ultimately secured Everton's status in the Premier I think that maybe in, in his thinking, you know, players can sometimes be like that when they, they have feelings of certain games, certain grounds and all that sort of stuff. Um, I certainly haven't spoken to him on anything about that. Um, my main concern has just been safeguarding his return, you know, his proper return, as I call it, when he's as fit as we can get him, other than playing. And I think he's done that. And what's the best way to go about it? Because I imagine you have to be careful with the reintroduction. So is it go from the start and give him a, a, an hour or is it better to utilise Well, these, these are all decisions we'll make, obviously, before the game. Um, the idea of the, uh, the, the game the other day, because he's, he's proved statistically through his training and uh, sports science where he's at physically, but obviously a game slightly different. You know, you have to react to whatever happens in the game. Um, it was my decision to take him off because there was no uh, fatigue or anything. I just thought it was common sense, uh, him coming through sort of 70-odd minutes. And, uh, yeah, I'm pleased with that. Seamus Coleman and Onana, how are they and any chance that they'll play? Uh, Amma's uh, made a bit more of a recovery. Um, so we'll see how he, uh, he was out there today, but see how that reacts tomorrow. And then Seamus, um, he won't be right for this one. How big a disappointment is that, I suppose, given the influence that, that Seamus has been through your time here? Yeah, it's not just Seamus. I mean, we, we hit this little tricky spell of a couple of injuries and obviously a suspension with Duke as well. So, um, yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, you want the players fit. You want them fully fit, fully active. Um, that's important. So we've just got to make sure that they recover well. With those that are fit, what have you had to do with them this week just to get them, I suppose, mentally back on track after, after Fulham? We've got, you know, we've got a pretty experienced group. I mean, there's a couple of younger players. Jimmy having his debut or his start debut in the Premier League, but they've got enough experience there to know, you know, they, they're not... They're not stupid. They know when we've stepped off the, the, you know, what we were doing and come away from it. We remind them, we go through it with them and, you know, show some analysis. But generally speaking, I think they were disappointed as, as I was with, with the reaction to simply going down a goal. You know, it doesn't change everything. Plenty of football to be played. Uh, and we just come off our mark. And that's important to react against what happens because you can't always control every game. You know, these things go against you. How quickly can we react and get back on top of the game? And we've done that pretty well since I've been in. So we've got to, well, basically, we just reminded the players of that fact. But as I started with, not stupid players, they know. I suppose getting back to that mark is the reaction you're looking for. And you're up against the side that has won three on the bounce under Roy, Hod under Roy Hodgson. I just wonder what you made of the way that they've kind of pulled away from the trouble that they were in. Uh, well, new manager bounce, as they call it. It happens. Um, They'll be looking for consistency. Good guys, I must say. Roy, top fella. Um, always like his company. Ray Lewin, who you know, is a, one of the best managers I've worked under. Got a lot of respect for him. I know that goes out the window when the whistle blows. But um, no, they've gone in and, and gone back to what they do with a, a group they pretty much know anyway, or certainly half of the group there they know anyway. So, yeah, we've got, to, we've got to be aware of how they've changed it, which we are. We'll make the players aware of that um, and react on top of that and go and you know, take on the challenge. Something we're checking with all managers. Any secret rappers in your squad? Seriously, I, I can't catch my breath. That even gets a question. Um, Sean, um, you mentioned Roy there, who's still going strong in the Premier League at age 75. Um, can you imagine reaching that point in your career? And Absolutely, not. Absolutely not. Absolutely uh, not. Must be mad. But I know Roy a little bit. He'll be laughing when I say that. Does that show that 
your job is a bit of a drug though football management is a bit of a, a drug I think it depends I think um, Roy worked very hard in his early career you know around coaching abroad and stuff like that to be the recognised uh, top manager he is and, and maybe maybe that's a you know the desire of that sort of coming into real prominence of his managerial career later maybe um, you know he'd work very hard to get there and maybe thinks well why not and if you've got the bug and you want to do it then, then why not you know but I'd I doubt I'd be doing it at that age. I'm pretty sure I won't be. Can I just ask you about Neil Mopey? He's obviously been a regular scorer at Premier League level, but that hasn't quite happened for him so far. But how is he finding it? Is he finding it difficult? Well, he's working hard. I mean, he keeps getting in the right areas, you know, and, and he's had chances in the games we've started him in. Um, and that's all we can ask. I said when I got here, it's, it's you know, taking away the the kind of edge of fear that comes in around uh, trying to score a goal. I said, well, if you're in there um, to score and you miss, you won't be hearing from me. Um, and he's getting in the right areas and he's working hard and that's all you can ask of these players. And then the final moment is always down to the player, either end of the pitch, by the way. You know, defenders making blocks, keepers making saves, to, uh, midfield dealing with the ball, breaking up the game and centre-forwards taking their chances. You know, you, we, we try and work in a way that gives them the best opportunities, both scoring, defending, um, making saves of a keeper and then the moment of truth is down to them. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks. We'll go to James at Radio Sean, when it came to last week's performance, was it a surprise to you or is, is it inevitable there's going to be bumps in the road with any battle against relegation? Um, somewhat of a surprise in the sense we didn't take it on from the start. Um, they started better than us and then we grew into the game after the goal and actually delivered 20, 25 minutes. Very good, I think. Very good football, very good uh, demand from the group with the pressing and the way we were going about it. Um, and the second one was like, the only really frustrating thing because we didn't react to that and we have been reacting to the things that have gone against us and we didn't react to that and that's something we have to correct, obviously. Is it an advantage that these players went through a similar experience 12 months ago that they, they know what to expect at all? Um, I think experience of any kind is helpful. You don't want that experience, of course, but uh, it comes, you know, and, and they've had that. So if it's if it can be used wisely, then we look to do that. Um, uh, you can't really define that all the time, but I think it's I think it gives you a, more of an assured uh, base to work from when you understand it and you understand the feeling that it is um, and how to deal with it. So I think we're certainly looking at that. But we're looking mainly to, I've spoken out since I got here, the consistency of what we do. And we lost that consistency throughout the performance against Fulham. So it's not just a week-by-week -week consistency. It's actually throughout a game. And we just lost the details, a couple of inconsistent moments and got punished. And that's sometimes what the Premier League does to you. And as the rest of the world studies each team's fixtures who are involved in, in the battle, do you have to reinforce the message to your players that it, it's just about what you do at the moment? It's always been the, the message I reinforce anyway, you know, because you can control in the controllables. We can control what we do, what we look to, uh, the performance levels, the training methods, what we do, our planning. We can control that. We can't control other people's results. That's quite obvious. So I've always been focused on what we can do. Burnley went down on 35 points last season, so 36 would have been enough to, to keep any team up. Would you be drawn on a, a points total that might... No, I never do. Not relevant. It's relevant at the end of the season, not now. And just finally, um, Ruben Vinagra, can I just check on his injury status? Yeah, moment? he's got an injury. Sorry, we should have mentioned that at the, the top of the uh, interview. Yeah, he's got an injury, unfortunately. That's going to keep him out some time. It may need um, surgery. We're not sure yet. Uh, he's seen the specialist, so that decision will be made pretty pretty imminently, I think. Cheers, thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thanks, James. We'll go to Carl at the Press Association. Hi, Sean. Just to go back on, on Dominic, um, whether or not he returns to the team, 
there'll be a huge amount of expectation on him because of, of, of the player he is and, and how long he's been out. Do you have to manage that with him or do the, do, do the crowd have to have a degree of patience with him being out so long? Um, I don't have to manage it with him. Um, you know, you put yourselves in the, the bracket of top players for a reason because your delivery of performance and um, various players here have done that over their time ups and downs, ins and outs. But um, that's the kind of, if you get what I mean, you, you kind of want that. You know, if I was a player, well, I was one, but I wasn't as good as them. But, you know, you want that. You want that kind of prestige that comes with that when people go, yeah, like, you know, you're a top player. So, therefore, go and enjoy that, you know, I think. And I, I don't think uh, there's any other pressure. There's certainly no pressure from me other than him to get fit and, and join in with what we're trying to achieve. It's a collective attitude. It's not just one player. And I just master the, the away form, the away results has been, has been an issue for, for a long time. As, a, as an experienced manager, how do you explain how clubs go so long without winning away? What's the difference between you know, home and away apart from the idea? Well, it's a bit different here because I've walked into a situation you know, where the, the record hasn't been great for a couple of seasons. So um, it's more a case of you know working out with the players here. Um, for sure, it's tactical, but it's also a mentality thing. You know, you've got a you've got players who who have to be ready as if it's a home game and deliver like it's a home game. Some players find that more tricky than others because of the home support, of course. But generally speaking, it's a it's a mental shift, you know, because there there are some guidelines to it, you know, about tactics and teams having home records because it's not just your away record. Of course, some teams have you know very strong home records against their away record. But at the end of the day, it's the mentality for me and, and taking on the challenge. You know, the the noise has been long enough now. People say. You know, they can't do this away, they can't do that away. So I remind the players, I go, well, let's change it then. Let's change that noise. Let's change that story. It's only us that can change it. You can't just wait for it to just some, you know, some sort of magic dust that makes it change. It's down to us. It's down to us as a collective force to go and make it happen. So that's certainly what I've been relaying to the players. You know, not waiting for things to happen. Let's go and make it happen. Let's go and change the rhetoric and the story. What, what can you do with the players specifically to change the, the perception of, of home and away? Like you said, there's some people... To play everyone at home. <laughs> well, that's not possible, is it? I'm not okay. sure if I agree to that. Uh, no, there's many things we attempt to do, um, but the list is endless. I'll bore you to death. I'm happy to, happy to be bored to death. Uh, training plans, travel plans, eating plans, beds, all sorts of different things. You're trying to look for everything. But at the end of the day, you can put all that aside because when the whistle blows is the key. You know, I've been in enough teams, worked with enough teams travelled days of games, travelled before the game, travelled two days before a game. At the end of the day, the whistle blows, the mentality has to be right for everyone to be pushing hard to go and win.